0: Hey, this is Dusty Otis. Welcome to the Living Redefined Podcast. This is a place where we discuss modern-day topics and attack them with biblical truths. The goal that we have is just to make daily decisions based on morality and integrity. I want to help you move forward in your faith, and I hope that today helps you do that. Enjoy the message. What is up, podcast listeners? Welcome back. New series uh, titled Greater that we're in, talking today about A greater you, a greater you. Three action steps to experience greater in your life. If God's called us to greater, how do we experience it? You know, Vince Lombardi said, winning is a habit. Unfortunately, so is losing. So how can we experience God's greatness, God's greater good, the greater good for us, greater in our lives. And so if you partner with us financially, thank you so much. Malachi 3.10 says, bring the whole tithe into the storehouse that there may be food in my house. God says, test me this and see if I will not open the floodgates of heaven and pour out such a blessing on you that you do not have room to store it. This is one of the staples that we live and build our house upon right here. Believing that God is going to open up the floodgates, every different avenue and channel of blessings is going to come into our lives because we faithfully tithe and give back to God, all that he's given us. And so if you partner with us, thank you so much. Thank you so much. You make our ministry go. You help us to extend the gospel and move it forward. Before we jump to the message, I want to take just a minute to pray because we might be driving or sitting at a desk somewhere and so just let's posture our hearts and give god our attention father i love you thanks for the opportunity that we have to gather today in the name of jesus lord regardless of where we come from what we're doing or how we're getting around right now i just ask you lord to open ears eyes hands and hearts lord to receive thank you that we're better because we sit down we stood up we took time to gather uh, in your name today and to get better to get real and to get better and so i just give you glory for that it's in jesus name amen okay so if god has called us to Greater. how do we experience it? How do we experience it? The Bible tells us that God is a God of life, that God is our creator. He tells us that uh, the devil only comes to steal, kill, and destroy. And so then we know that um, with where we're at today in history, regardless of when you're hearing this podcast, Roe versus Wade got overturned, and now it goes back to the state's hands. And uh, the story that I have of my son is is unique. Axton, uh, our fourthborn, was a miracle baby. Heather got diagnosed um with a grapefruit size growth and some blockage and, and all kinds of stuff and and we didn't think we we're gonna be able to have kids anymore not that we were really going that direction but uh comes come to find out axon as conceived in that whole in that whole um kind of dilemma that we were in that crisis that we were in and we understood that god had a plan and a purpose for axon's life god has a plan and a purpose for your life if you believe in God, you believe that there is a purpose. If you believe in God, you believe God is a God of life. And you understand that, that, that God gives life and that the devil is here to steal life. And so God has a purpose for you. You are going to be here no matter what. And um, I just want to tell you that today, that, that there are a lot of loud voices out there right now and, and a lot of, of people leaning the opposite way, and they're they're getting all kinds of upset. But I just want to say that we celebrate. We celebrate because morality, ethics— values integrity um has won in politics and that doesn't happen very often so we celebrate because man's been removed from the process and responsibility gets responsibility gets put back on um those who are in the action of conceiving and now it's not about what do we do if it's are we sure we want to do this and i just want to tell you that we're pro-life that we believe every human heartbeat has a purpose like Axton's story and like so many others and so um the reality is um those people that are allowed right now and speaking against it. Um, if they were asked, they would probably say they're thankful that their mom was responsible and accountable to her actions because she gave them a voice and that's a big deal. And so then I'm, I'm super, um, honored to be alive and to be part of this, of this piece of history that's changing. Right. so point one, point one to experiencing greater in your life, a greater you be accountable. We have to really just settle the question, do we or don't we believe? Because once we do, and once we've decided that we do, we've made the choice to follow Jesus, to believe, accept, receive what he's done for us. The Bible tells us in John three thirty; it's our cornerstone scripture. He must increase and I must decrease. He must become greater and I must become less. And so then that's really built on trust. That decision, I believe God is who he says he is, that his son died for me. We we don't get more of God. He gets more of us. This only happens with trust. I believe God so much that I'm going to give him a little bit more of my heart, of myself, of my belief, right? And so you say, Dusty, but I love God. And I just want to tell you, it's easy to say that I love God because God is love and his love is good. And the good things that we receive in life, we relate to the love of God. And so we love him back because of the good things that he gives us. And so we really in that, in that instance, or in those um, in those times, we think we're getting more of him because we're experiencing his good. But the reality is that you have all of God that you're ever going to get. And he created you and he gave you a son. He gave you his spirit and he calls you a son or a daughter. He created you for more. He sent his son for a purpose. He gave you uh, his spirit for authority. His love is always here and his love is promised to never leave you. So then you have to mature spiritually in his love. And when you, when, when you mature spiritually in that love, you get more uh, of him because you're giving more of yourself to him. That's John 3.30. God's love is a direct result of his grace. We are saved by grace through faith. That faith is also called trust. And so then our relationship, my relationship with God, has to be built on love and trust, not just love alone. Ephesians 2, 8, 9 says for it is by grace that you have been saved through faith. Faith is trust. I believe when you confess with your mouth and believe that Jesus Christ is Lord, you will be saved. So then when you have faith in God, you're placing your trust in him. And this is not th- th- that, that scripture finishes off. Verse nine says it's not from yourselves, right? Your salvation is not from yourselves. It's a gift from God, not by your work. And you would say, Dusty, I, I love God's grace. I love God's grace, man. Me too. I can soak and I can sulk in God's grace all day long because, because that grace is love and that love is forgiveness. And man, it's welcoming and it's easy and it's comfortable and it's peaceful and it's just so nice. It's agreeable and it brings cooperation, but it creates compromise if that's all we ever do is sit in grace. And the issue is what keeps us from greater and God becoming greater in us is a lack of trust. It's a lack of truth. We're saved by grace through faith. Your trust You trust God's love. You accept God's grace. And so what about his truth? His truth is our guide. It's his instruction. It's the Bible. Living in his love is only half of it. Leading his love is the other half that happens when you believe it enough to let it change your life. God is a God of grace and truth. We learn real, uh, real fast who God is. He's a God of grace and he's a God of truth. And today we lean real hard towards grace. The American church, people in general, we just lean real hard towards more grace. So then the reality is, is when it's scriptural, wherever there is grace, truth is present. You can't have one without the other. And so to reject truth is to reject grace. We all love the comfy, easy side of faith. It's nice. Accent says that real nice. It's nice. But if you only live in half truth and only speak half truth, this is why you experience heartache. And the trouble that you that you experience. Spiritual maturity is when you cross the line and decide to live in, receive, and walk in grace and truth. With God's love comes His grace. Grace. With His truth comes accountability to walk in truth. That's the expectation that's on you as a follower, as a believer of Jesus. And in 2022, it's really tough to want accountability or to want responsibility because we live in a time and a place where. The world doesn't even hold you responsible for your gender. Again, it's more love, more acceptance, more kindness. Let's coexist. But God did not call us into coexistence. He called us to exist. He called us male and female. He told us that we're made in his image. And the reality is you can do what the world tells you, and you can have a surgery, and you can shift your belief, and you can abandon your morals, and you can leave your integrity. But when you draw your blood, your DNA will tell you who you are and what you are, and you can't change that. You can change your outward appearance, but that doesn't change what's inside of you. It doesn't change who God knows you to be or who he created you to be. And truth and accountability demand honesty. That's that's the trouble. That's why we like to sit in grace. Truth causes tension. It creates conflict. It It leads to confrontation. But when truth is accepted, it pulls you to it. This is what allows you to become less and him to become more. He increases with trust. You believe him more and you less. You know what? Lord, you're right. I've been in your word. I see it. I've experienced it. I know it. I believe it. That's faith. That's faith. When you walk in truth, the truth will set you free. Then you become accountable because you've experienced real freedom. Because you understand the truth, not just the grace. You understand the truth, not just the grace. You don't get more of him. He gets more of you. Here's what the word says. Once you know better, you should probably do it. James 4, 14 through 17. You do not know the least thing about what may happen in your life tomorrow or what is secure in your life. You are merely a vapor like a puff of smoke or a wisp of steam. This is not to bring you down, by the way. That is visible for a little while, then it vanishes into the air. Instead, verse 15, you ought to say, if the Lord wills, we, we will live and we will do it. But as it is, you boast vainly in your pretension and arrogance. All such boasting is evil. So any person who knows what is right to do but does not do it, those people are evil and their future is not heaven. There must be truth. Our trust and belief lead us to become like Jesus. He's our example. So then when we walk in grace and truth, we're willing to be accountable because we understand what that truth is. This is why we're told numerous times in scripture, in the Bible, in the word, however you want to say it, put off what holds you back and run the race that's been set out before you. Be an example to the grid because there's a great cloud of witnesses around you. Put to death. It also says put to death those things that were a part of you. They were your old life and be renewed daily in the image of your creator. But the problem is we keep running back to the old stuff that used to tie us back. And we and we pick up the stuff that used to hold us down. And the Bible also says, as a, derg- as a dog returns to his vomit, so a fool returns to his folly. Don't be foolish. Rejecting the truth and being okay with living in what keeps you from growing eliminates your faith and lead you to only call on God or Christians when crisis hits. Just more grace, please. There has to be truth in it. God wants you to grow in him so you can withstand the attacks of the devil so you can resist the devil when you're mature enough to do this the bible says he will flee from you that takes planting the truth in your heart believing it and becoming it so you can lead and live your life in truth only because of God's grace not not just with it it's because of God's grace and when that is and when that is it truth comes along and with that comes accountability to be and walk in your belief. All right, that was a long point one. Let's go to point two. Point two. Point two to experience greater in your life. Have humility, have humility. The opposite of pride is humility. To have humility, you have to have maturity, which takes some accountability, right? So this is why it leads to point two. Romans 12, three says, because of the privilege and the authority God has given me, I give each of you this warning. Don't think you are better than you really are. Be honest in your evaluation of yourselves, measuring yourselves by the faith God has given you. Now, if God's given it to you, how much do you have? How much are you willing to give to him? I must become less and he must become more. How much trust do I have in him? Galatians 6, 3 says, if you think you're better than you you really are, you're deceiving yourself. Pride is sneaky. It's not always I'm the best. Sometimes it's I'm capable enough on my own. I can handle this on my own. But that's not reality. Living out the idea of John 3.30 means living less for yourself, satisfying less of your desires, and depending less on your abilities. At, at the rock bottom, at the root of it, it's this. More Jesus and less self. That's being less prideful. Lord, more of you and less of me. That's being less prideful. That's That's being humble. Humility. Once we understand that we can't do it on our own, it really highlights our dependence on Jesus, on God, our creator, the one who made us. It's real easy to be sucked into a world of self-obsession and shallow praise and, and, and accomplishment. But the reality is in all that, the applause of others only lasts a short time before you feel like you got to get back to the grind. The applause of others always leaves you just a little bit unfulfilled. Man, you sure enjoy it, but it leaves you unfulfilled. Why? Pride. When you focus on helping people find Jesus, the same Jesus that found you, when you think of yourself less, everything tends to happen naturally that way when you focus on others more than you focus on you. The truth is the more we surrender ourselves to Jesus, the more our true selves we become. You need to know in this, though, that we're not conformed to his likeness to lose our uniqueness. That's a huge point. We're transformed by his spirit to become who we were born to be. We become less, so he makes us into more, more loved, more ourselves, more his, more on mission, more full of purpose. The only parts of us we lose are the parts we never were supposed to have in the first place. The only parts we lose are those we weren't supposed to have ever. Truth eliminates the lies and the labels and the losing. Accountability and humility create winners greater is always going to come through god not through you you're saved by grace through faith through faith c.s lewis said true humility is not thinking less of ourselves but thinking of ourselves less devote yourselves then to thinking of jesus to thinking of god's will for your life more than you think of your will for your life what am I saying? There's 168 hours in a week. One hour or one podcast a week is not going to cut it for you to have greater in your life. He must become more and you must become less. You have to have more of him in your life. 672 hours in a month, in a four-week month. Most people, and when I say most, 20% of people will give God four hours. So of the 672 Six they're on their own for you to become greater and experience greater. He must get more. He has to become more and you have to become less point three to experience greater in your life. Be an example. I wanted to call this action, but we have action steps. And so I have to say example, be about that action, be about that action. You are the salt of the earth. That means we are to be out and among the people of the world. Matthew 5.13 says it. You're the salt of the earth, but if the salt has lost its taste or its purpose, how can it be made salty? It's no longer good for anything, but to be thrown out and walked on by people when the walkways are icy, wet, and slippery. So then, whether you are a salt shaker or a salt packet, we're not meant to gather all the salt together once a week and say, Hey, I'm salty. you salty. We're salty. We're sure salty together. We should gather again together next week at the same time and be salty again. No, we are not the salt of the shaker. We are the salt of the earth. Period. Matthew 5.14 says, You're the light of the world. It's the very next verse. You're the light of the world. You're the light of Jesus. You're the light of Christ to the world. A city set on a hill cannot be hidden nor does anyone light a lamp and put it under a basket, but on a lampstand, And it gives light to all who are in the house. It gives light to all who are in the house. So since the lights are off and there's one light on, people know where stuff's at. You wouldn't put your light under a basket. You might as well shut it off if you're gonna do that. And so that's part of accountability, right? That's part of accountability. The accountability breeds action. Matthew 5, 16, this is kind of the the end of the road for us. It says, let your light shine before men in such a way that they may see your good deeds and moral excellence. Moral excellence. Come on, somebody. And recognize and honor and glorify your Father who's in heaven. If a man can profess Jesus, yet remain graceless and unaccountable, no other doctor (laughs) or doctrine will make him fruitful. If Jesus doesn't do it for you, Neither will a podcast, neither will a book, or an audio book, or a self-help book. Your light must shine as you walk so people see. Now, what is between God and your soul is what you keep to yourself. That's between you and God. But your belief should be open to the sight of men which honors God. The belief you have in your heart, the trust that you have in God, let people see that let the whole world see God alive in me is what the song uh, that we sang this week said it's greater by central live if you want to look it up I've had it on repeat all week so then it's not what pastor dusty said in you it's what God said through you it's action it's about that action here's Jesus final prayer to God it's it's John 17 these are four uh five John 13 uh, John 17 13 through 17 He says this, but now I'm coming to you and I say these things while I'm still in the world, in the world. If you're highlighting, you can highlight that or underline it so that they may experience my joy made full and complete and perfect within them, filling their hearts with my delight. I have given them your word. That's the truth. The message you gave me, the truth. And the world has hated them because they are not of the world. Are you hearing me? They're not of the world and do not belong to the world, just as I am not of the world And do not belong to it. I do not ask you to take them out of the world, but that you keep them and protect them from the evil one. They are not of the world, just as I am not of the world. Sanctify them in truth. Set them apart for your purpose. Make them holy. And then he finishes, your word is truth. So then when you live in truth, there's separation. And you go from being of the world to being in the world. And you saw it right there in scripture. They are not of the world and don't belong to the world just as i am not and do not belong and so then they're not of the world only in it so now then set them apart and give them purpose is what jesus prays for you and when you believe when you believe that you go from tasteless ice melt to a salt that preserves the world you go from wandering in the dark to walk in the light when you believe. That's the difference. When you believe, you go from tasteless ice melt to salt that preserves the world, salt of the earth. When you believe, you go from wandering in the dark to walking in the light. Man, I sure appreciate the light. When you live in truth, you get salty and you gain light. You walk freely as examples of God's grace Because you walk in truth. That's pretty good. The Bible tells us the world is going to pass away in 1 John. The world's going to pass away with everything, but those who live in truth will remain for eternity. Here's your action step Be accountable. It's the message today. Be accountable. Our accountability has to increase, accountability breeds humility accountability breeds action be humble number two be humble our humility must win over our pride not my will lord but yours and three be an example our walk must match our belief it's called integrity our words and our actions are the same a greater him means a greater you he must increase and i must decrease he must become greater and i must become less you do not get more of him he gets more of you it's his spirit in you that allows you to become accountable. It's it's the fact that his blood covers you. That's why you can be humble. Because he was too. And you can be an example because Jesus came to show you. Be accountable, be humble, be an example. Father, thanks for our time today. I ask you to help people to take steps forward in their relationship with you that they would get rooted, that they would set roots, that they would be able to stand firm. They would be able to resist the devil, and he would flee from them because they understand what's expected of them. And it's not just about grace. It's just as much about truth. So I ask you, and I thank you for this truth today. I think it's going to change people's lives. And I thank you that, that people, because they've heard, are now willing to let this message change their life so they can be salt and light to somebody else. They can be accountable to what they believe because you said you're not coming back until every but he hears the name of Jesus. And so I just ask you, Lord, to use us to do that. Thank you for it. Thank you for your grace, your mercy, and your truth, Lord, that leads our lives. It's in Jesus' name. Amen. Hey, if today spoke to you, I would just ask you to um, share it, send it on. Paul said, what to me if I don't tell you what God sh- share with me? And so share it. Make sure you like, subscribe, follow. Check us out on the web. Next week, we're going to talk about a greater country. We're going to be talking about sacrifice, salvation, and freedom. It's going to be really good. Now, I pray the God of our Lord Jesus Christ, the glorious Father, would give you a spirit of wisdom and revelation in the knowledge of him. I pray the perception of your mind may be enlightened so that you would know what is the hope of his calling and his purpose for you and the great things that he has in store for you. Thanks so much for being here. I'll, uh, I'll talk to you next week. Thank you so much for joining me today. A huge thanks to those of you who support our ministry. You make what we get to do in Michigan, Oklahoma, Texas, and Colorado possible with those weekly outreaches to our hospital heroes and public service men and women. It's a big deal to get to do that and to support the people who are caring for our communities. And so go ahead and click the link in the description to become a partner. Or you can visit livefreedefined.com and click the giving link. If you enjoyed the podcast, please take a minute to like and subscribe or share it with a friend. Thanks again for being here today. God bless you.